Welcome to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. Holly is a wife, mom, coach, and entrepreneur. She wears these and many more hats while running three successful businesses, a gym, online counseling and nutrition program, and commercial cleaning company. She brings a unique perspective to everyday life with her spicy, no-nonsense attitude. Holly helps her clients keep it simple with small tweaks that over time add up to big life changes. With that, let's get on with today's episode. Here's my friend, Holly Cochran, an incredible human you need to be listening to every Monday. Hey, family, friends, and strangers. Thanks for joining the Monday Matters podcast. As with every episode or almost every episode, what I'm here to chat about today has is a result of conversations that I have throughout the week. And this week I talked about marriage and it was kind of interesting because after I was done talking about, you know, relationships and marriage and marriages on the, you know, rocks, I Googled how long does it take to learn to be a barista at Starbucks? And I learned that it is a minimum of 20 hours required for people of training required for people to be a barista at Starbucks. And yet how many of us are married and have not put 20 hours in to really delving into what it takes to be married? to be a wife or to be a husband. We didn't have to do marriage prep courses for 20 hours for sure. I know we met with the minister that married us and I think we did a questionnaire that at the time I remember thinking was ridiculous. Um, And yet now I made Corey do a questionnaire the other day that is not ridiculous. It's something that I think we need to continue to um, revisit as we grow and mature and evolve and change. Um, I don't want to ever take the most important thing in my world and make the assumption that I'm just always going to know how to do that. Well, I am a perpetual student. I have said that many times before I'm always enrolled in some kind of a course that I'm taking. I love to learn new things. I love to figure out how things are moving and evolving. I'm embracing all of the AI technology, which means maybe someday I am going to be taken by the aliens um, and hopefully it's warm wherever they take me because my computer is going to be, you know, totally taken over because I'm embracing the newest technology. And so is Corey. We'll go together, but we do like each other, so that should be okay. I will always want it to become better at the things that I'm invested in. And as a social worker, I'm required to invest 40 hours a year into being better at my job. And I challenging everybody today who, if you are listening to this, to invest at being better at your job when it comes to your relationships, whether or not you are in a relationship with a partner or not, or just in relationship with kids or parents or friends, there's always room to improve on yourself and on these things, these relationships. And if your employer is not mandating that you do it in order for you to stay registered, what's the motivation? I find that sometimes when there isn't that mandate, that's when it gets put to the backburn. We've got all these other things that we have to do that the things that we should be doing aren't happening. Hairdressers are 
often involved in taking a better course and staying up with the trends. And I really appreciate that. I want you to, you know, learn how to be better at doing my hair and coloring my hair and creating um, a healthier version of my hair. Like, please keep learning these things, but not at the expense. I hope that people are able to invest in learning about themselves and becoming better people that can be better people in relationship. That's truly, I wish we were all given days by the government where we get paid to do the work that's required to keep us happy and healthy in relationship. We know the research says that a happy and healthy relationship is required for overall wellness and mental health. Great. How do we get that to actually happen when we are so busy in this society, just trying to stay above water, trying to make enough money to pay for the groceries that we need to be buying, trying to keep up with the Joneses as far as how many activities our kids are in and going all the different places. And yet the number one thing that we need in order to be, not the number one thing, but one of the most important things that we need to be happy and healthy is a meaningful relationship. And it's the one that gets neglected and pushed to the back burner. So today I am challenging you to treat your relationships like you would treat any kind of investment in your career and nurture that like your life depends on it. I put into chat GPT, why isn't it mandatory for people to take marriage prep courses? And some of these I would have thought of on my own and some of them I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense now that I see it. Things like, you know, um, the diverse relationships. So if we are all told we have to, like there's one way to drive a car, you drive it here anyway, you drive it down one side of the road when you're going this direction, you drive down the other side of the, when you're parallel parking, you pull up and you back in. So we can all take the same driving course because we're all gonna drive the same. I get that everybody taking the same marriage prep course won't work because we're not going to all be in relationship exactly the same. We're diverse people. We're going to be in diverse relationships. So I get why creating that course might be very challenging and possibly not even ethical. And right in our province, it's not legal. We're not, we can't legally mandate people to that. One of the other reasons that ChatGPT came up with was the effectiveness of the impact that it's not clear that mandatory training would be universally effective in preventing marital issues or divorces. Okay, fair enough. But my suggestion, my suggestion is if it's not effective to take it, you know, when you're newlyweds, um, before you walk down the aisle and then never revisit it, that's probably what, where the effectiveness comes in. I would like to suggest that if you redo this, you revisit it. You take these sort of investments in your relationship regularly, quarterly, annually. I don't know how often you need to do it, but if you put that effort in, the effectiveness will have a much greater impact. Just like when you're learning anything, a one-off is not going to be great. You show up here one day and I teach the skill of the snatch and you don't ever do anything remotely like snatching ever again, it's, you're not going to develop that skill real well. It is not an innate skill. And I would like to suggest that being married is also a skill that requires 
the developing nurturing practice, multiple reps at being good at being married. The one other thing that they uh, said was made it um, sort of not um, why it's not being made mandated, struggling with my words for a second, is access to resources. So not everyone would be able to access whatever said course is. My suggestion isn't that we make an expensive course everyone has to pay for to take before they get married. My suggestion is um, making it so that it's just the thing that we do. Maybe that's where the legal um, support comes, not mandate, but like everybody in the world get, or everybody, let's just start small. Let's start in Canada. Everybody in Canada, because maybe this does exist in other parts of the world. I did not do any research. What if everybody in Canada was just given a few days a year with a budget to invest in their relationships? Wouldn't that make a huge difference overall? I read a book, listened, I listened to a book, binged it last week, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by John Gottman. The book, uh, it, it was great. It was a great book. There's many editions out. It's an old book that they just keep revamping. And at the back of the book are, I don't know, 60 some pages of printable PDF forms of questions that can help you with communication or help you with strength, strengthening and understanding your relationship and getting better at it from true and false questions to get to know you questions to open-ended bigger questions. Um, and some of them are really, really good. We did the very first, like, how well do you know your partner? First 20 questions and Corey and I crushed it. We were awesome. The only ones we didn't know the answer to were the ones that we didn't know the answer to ourselves. So I can't remember what it was like, what is my favorite? Um, I can't remember maybe artist. What's my favorite artist? Well, I don't have a favorite artist. So the fact that he didn't know how to answer that, uh, did not, I didn't give him any negative points for that whatsoever, but it was just a simple little questionnaire that we did before bed. It was kind of fun to talk about, kind of fun to recognize that we did know each other pretty well, kind of fun to realize that neither of us can remember Corey's favorite movie. Like we can see the cover on the VHS because <laughs> I think the last time we owned it, uh, we know the plot line. We've both watched it a few times, but we couldn't remember it and how old we're getting that we can't remember his favorite movie. It was fun. It was an investment of our energy in a place that I think we need to be investing energy in. I'm going to spend a lot of time this year. And so is he going to admin meetings and going to, you know, taking online courses for my, my credentials for social work, but not nearly as fun as staying connected with that one person that means the most. Here are some things that I would put into a course. Um, and I let ChatGPT help me with these and I added a few to them. But if I was to design a course that I think would work for my relationship, it would include things like communication skills and they change as we grow. Every one of these things needs to be relooked at on a regular basis because with every season, the amount of energy and investment I have into doing things like communicating might change. So it uh, years ago, 
when Corey and I were communicating with each other, we weren't texting. That wasn't a thing. We were not being able to express gratitude and be able to make requests of each other with kindness through a text message. But how we communicate now has changed and for the better, even though the phone does cause issues for most relationships, Corey's Bitmoji is super flirty and he thanks me. His Bitmoji is super grateful for the things that I do around the house. And I get a regular, um, text message telling me that, you know, what I am doing makes a difference in his world. I didn't used to get that. It wasn't as simple as him just taking a pause, sending me that message, and then being able to get on with his day. He'd have to, you know, have enough energy at the end of a long day to share these things verbally. And I don't care what anybody says. Sometimes just knowing that somebody's thinking about you midday enough to send a quick little um, text message, it's a huge deal breaker. So communication skills are evolving and changing, and we are... Um, have the opportunity to get better at how we communicate and not just the simple things like not just simplistic things, but like the bigger things as well. The other thing that changes is conflict resolution. So how we identify what's a conflict, understanding our differences and perspectives and being able to find a solution. Basically, do we need to have a winner or a loser? Does somebody need to apologize? How do we put this conflict to actual rest so it's not swept under the rug and then the next time we have a conflict, we have a new conflict plus the old ones coming back up again. Conflict resolution takes work. Do the work so that it doesn't keep coming back up all the time. We, we used to fight about the same things over and over and over until we figured out how resolve the things we were fighting about over and over and over so that we didn't have to keep fighting about them. It was work. Um, the emotional connection or intimacy that changes as well. I'm sure we are all able to say, you know, those newlyweds and then the people in the season who have newborns and babies and kids, that level of intimacy is not the same. Talk about it understand where the other people, other a person in your life is at, share what you are capable of, um, intimately, as far as emotional intimacy, physical imp- intimacy, talk about it. Let the other people know, don't make assumptions. The other person might be thinking up things in their head that are not at all true. So that spiritual intimacy and emotional connection and physical connection needs to be addressed or it can fade and you don't really know why it is. And then it's hard to get that to happen again. So keep talking. Financial management, another thing that's ebbed and flowed and evolved, the, the decisions that you are making financially are impacting both of you for the rest of your life. So talk about them. Are you where you thought you'd be at this point in life? And are you making the decisions that you need to be making to actually get where you want to be? Did you kind of envision like after being married 25 years to be in a certain spot financially and you're nowhere near that? What do you need to talk about? What decisions do you need to be making together? And maybe you're not making financial decisions together and that's part of it. Um, 
family planning and parenting. I'm going to lump this one together with roles and expectations. So this also changes. I, I think both partners, but for sure I hear from women all the time that we enter into marriage for a partnership. We enter into marriage for a partner. And then somewhere along the way, what the definition of partner doesn't necessarily match between both people. So what we think of as a partnership and what our partner believes is a partnership, if they're not the same, that can be really difficult. We can really struggle with, I thought I was going to do 50% of the, the household chores, and yet I'm doing more than 50%. Does that mean I don't have a partner? Is that what that means? I thought I would parent these kids 50%. Like there are kids. And yet, am I parenting 50% or more than 50%? And do I meet, does that mean I don't have a partner? I kind of signed up for a partnership. Having these conversations and as they change, of course, they're not going to be 50-50. I think the best thing I ever did was recognize that a equal partnership was not 50-50 in my house. And it's made it a lot easier. This is what I'm good at. So I'm going to do that and I'm going to do it probably 85% of the time because it's what I'm good at. And you do what you're good at 85% of the time. And hopefully they're not the same things. Hopefully we're both not trying to do the same thing 85% of the time so that something's getting left. But there are things in these expectations and in these roles, there are things that just totally got dropped. The one thing that I thought of when I was reading all of this is back when I first got married and I was staying home with the kids and Corey was a teacher and he went from being in the phys ed room all the time to being in the classroom, he bought all of these dress pants. And I think this was even before Lululemon had the pants that he wears now. I know it was, it was before all that. So he bought all these dress pants and they needed to be ironed. Like even the wrinkle release on the dryer wasn't cutting it. And so I started ironing his pants on a regular basis. I was ironing. And as life got busier and busier, I found myself falling behind in the ironing. Corey doesn't notice acts of service as well back then. He does now, but he didn't. So I would get annoyed because he wasn't even noticing that I was with everything else still maintaining the ironing. The bottom line of my story is, Corey does not buy pants that need ironing anymore. I don't want to iron them. He doesn't want to iron them. It's not a roller expectation either of us are interested in having. So stop buying those kinds of pants. We do not have any conversation or resentment or anything about ironing ever again, because he does not own a pair of pants that require the iron. That was things that we've worked on. We could still be fighting about it but we're not. We've let some things go. There's a lot of things around my house that I used to think needed to happen that I have let go. And there's a lot of things that he never participated in at our house because he didn't value them, but he does them now because he knows I value them. So we have changed and worked on the expectations and the roles over the years. And it doesn't look the same. And I think you got to revisit it on the regular. Every time one of us changes something within our lives professionally, changes how we roll personally at home. 
And so every time that happens, there needs to be expectations are changing and roles and responsibilities are changing. And how do we ebb and flow together so that that doesn't seem to be an area where, you know, we're now resentful. There's no partnership. Religion and spirituality. I put this on there because we have had to do a little bit of work around that. We are not exactly the same regarding religious beliefs and spiritual spiritual beliefs, but I think because we've worked on it and we keep talking about it, I'm in a much more comfortable place with mine, even though they're different from his. There was a time in my life where I, because I really think he's a brilliant human, where I thought the things that he thought and believed must be right. I don't always think that now. I'm very confident in the things that I believe and think, and that just because I believe them and think them doesn't make them wrong if they're different. And being able to share that openly a little bit more all the time now regarding our religious differences and our spiritual differences has made me so much more comfortable and safe. And so again, back to communication, but it's important for you guys to understand that being different needs, there needs to be work done there too. Being um, the same, understanding like both of you wanting to go to church on Sundays, that makes, that makes something that is the same in your relationship. But if you are not, and you want to do things differently, what does the work look like that you need to do in order to find that common balance and it not be a rift, but it be something that can continue to strengthen your relationship, even though it is different. Here's one that um, ChatGPT put on this list for me that I hadn't thought of, but as soon as I saw it, I'm like, wow, that is so right, which was time management and priorities. So balancing work, personal time, and time spent together as a couple is vital. Couples can learn strategies for managing their time effectively to nurture the relationship. And then I added prioritizing, understanding what each of us wants to prioritize in the different seasons of our life helps to know why we're managing our time the way we're managing it. So that's a huge one especially for people who can be on the workaholic side of things. Just because I really love my job, I love the work that I do, and I can get totally consumed in it. But sometimes I need help managing my time. I need to say to my people, I want to do such and such with you. Make sure I do that because I can get caught up in doing other things and I need help investing in the things that matter and communicating my, my time management difficulties that I have and also expressing my time or expressing my needs from others regarding their time. My kids, I say to them, you know what? I haven't seen you in a week and a half. I need you home on Saturday night. You're not going anywhere. You're spending time with me. We're going to hang out. I need to be able to communicate that in the relationships that are important to me, or it just starts to slide. So time management and prioritizing is really important. The other thing that I think relationships would um, improve with, if we talked about, discussed, and worked on our own stress management and our stress management as a couple, 
stress management and self-care. I'm going to put those together. If we understand what the other one requires as far as self-care, then we might be able to appreciate it more. What do you need in order to feel your best? What do you need physically, mentally, emotionally? What do you need to eat? What? How do you need to move? What is the um, relationships out of the side of this marriage that you need to nurture and foster. How do you need to de-stress? Do you need to be alone? Do you need to be with people? Do you need to just be with me? Do you need, you know, how do I support you when you are getting really stressed? Hammering that out on a regular basis will definitely help because when do things feel difficult? When we are stressed out and we are not managing our self-care. So if the other person in our relationship understands how to help us through stressful times and how we nurture our self-care, then when we are in those difficult times, we got that backup that knows what we need. So when I am overwhelmed and completely stressed out, we joked about this when we were doing the the 20 questions and what is one of my favorite things. And Corey said, vacuuming was one of my favorite things. And we kind of laughed about it because I don't actually love the act of vacuuming as much as I really love a clean floor. And when I am stressed out and overwhelmed, if somebody just grabs that vacuum and goes and vacuums something for me, it makes such a huge difference in my level of stress. It just totally changes. If I walk in the house and the porch has been vacuumed, I'm like, I think I'm going to make it through this day. Knowing this and understanding this and being part a partnership with me regarding this, it makes such a huge difference in the um, longevity of my relationships. Knowing that people are wanting to learn and ebb and flow with me and understand how to do this better makes a huge difference, but we got to keep revisiting it because it might not be vacuuming 10 years from now. That might not be a need. We might not need the vacuuming done at my house nearly as often. And so it might change how I manage my stress might change. And so keep checking in, figuring out what does self-care look like now? I can promise you self-care at 47 looks way different than it did at 37. In the last 10 years, what I need in order to feel my best has changed. And I love being able to share that and share how I'm changing with Corey and let him help me and be a partnership in that. The last thing that I put on here uh, and ChatGPT pushed it out as well was forgiveness and trust. So I think we all have these moments where we struggle with forgiveness, getting past those conflicts, especially if it's one that's been thrown under the rug a lot and it keeps coming up or trust, being able to just say like, I need to trust that this is going to happen. And I need to know that you are working on your end to ensure, like, I'm not talking like big, big trust issues. I'm talking like There was a time when I couldn't ask Corey to do very many things because I couldn't trust that they'd be done. And we're working on that because he's working on that, working on the strategies to help him to remember to do things. That's, it's a thing that I hear about it in relationships all the time. 
my husband can't remember to pick the kids up. I'm constantly having to remind him to do these sorts of things. It's a thing. But the work that you put in at, at your career to, re, to know how to do, like if your business rolls out new software and you have to learn a whole new system and you put that work in and you learn that, what your wife sees is your ability and capabilities to get better at your job. You need to put that work in, in order for um, your wife to be able to believe and to trust that you are able to grow and evolve in that relationship as well. Nobody wants to stay married to the girl or the guy they walk down the aisle with. Those young, in love, newlyweds need to grow. We need to mature. We need to change. I hope that we are all changing, but in that we want to grow together as well and nurture each other in our change and in our um, evolution to being better versions of ourselves. And we have to trust that the other person is coming along for that ride and understand that if they're not, if there's mistakes made along the way, that we can forgive for those mistakes and move forward and trust that we both are interested in moving forward and past that. So I highly recommend you take these food for thoughts, the seeds that I'm planting today, I recommend you take them and you think about your relationships that matter the most to you and think about what it is that you're required to do in your career in order to stay current and on top of it and put at equal, if not more effort into your relationships with others that you have to put into your work that your, your boss mandates you to do. What are you required to do to stay on top of your game at work and then do that in your relationships? I'm challenging everybody. Get a Bitmoji, smack somebody on the butt in the kitchen, have fun, make some time for each other. It doesn't all have to be hard work. And if you want to read the book, The uh, Seven principle, Principles, for making a marriage work and get all the PDFs at the back. Thanks for listening to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Monday Matters, leave her a review and share this episode on your social media. Should you have any questions about what you listen to or want more info, reach out and send her a message at K2 Health with Holly on Instagram and Facebook. She loves hearing from her listeners. See you next time.